You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Mariner's Pod. Great to have you with us on a great day. Thanks for being here as we celebrate uh, Logan Gilbert and Jared Kellnick, their rival in Seattle. And we're going to celebrate by revisiting our conversations with Jared and Logan that uh, came last year, a chance to get to know them a little bit better in case you missed it. But hope you enjoy the conversations, and I hope you enjoy the day as well. And after this one, check out the latest edition of The Wheelhouse. We had an entire conversation with Jerry Depoto about half an hour long about Logan Gilbert and about Jared Kelnick. So don't, you don't want to miss that one as well. So a full day of Gilbert and Kelnick. Enjoy it. Logan, popular thought would be that if this was a normal year and a normal 162 for the Mariners and everybody else, by this time in the year, you would have more than likely been in Seattle and been a contributing member of the Mariners rotation based on what you did last year and just kind of the normal projections on what I think everybody thought that you would do this year. As a very young man and a young man in your pro career, how do you process that knowing that instead of being in a big league rotation, you are facing the same Mariners minor league hitters on a day in and day out basis? Yeah, it's way different. Um, I, I was kind of thinking that way, too, at the end of the year, maybe going into this year. Um, and, you know, the, the thought still, still comes into your head a little bit. Um, it's not easy to just completely get away from it. But I think we have a lot of things that we can do here and a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't otherwise have from the developmental side. Of course, I, I feel like I'm close and would love to be facing the major league lineups, but uh, I'm doing all I can here. And, uh, you know, that stuff's not really in my hands. So, Hopefully down the road, hopefully not too much longer, um, I'll be able to get that opportunity. How much are you watching what's going on in Seattle on a day-to-day basis? Probably every day. Uh, we, we have morning practices here. Uh, we might have a scrimmage game, but we still get back early afternoon, and I'll probably put the game on just about every day. Logan, we've heard some tales already of how you prepare for a game and the type of effort that you put in before you even take them out. What's your favorite part of preparing for a start? Oh, good question. I think my favorite part is probably the mindset that I try to try to like switch in my head where I'm usually a pretty laid back guy, easy going, but kind of like switching into that competitive mindset that you hear about, you know, some of the, some of the greats like MJ or Kobe, like the way these guys think. Uh, I try to emulate that a little bit and switching over to the person you try to be on the field and uh, how you want to think when you're between the lines is completely different. It's, it's pretty fun to be able to turn that on and then right after the game, try to turn it, switch back off. Are you a perfectionist when you pitch? Uh, I think in everything I am, with, it's not always the best thing, especially in baseball, I'll probably pick the wrong sport for it, but um, I try to be, and I know it'll, it'll never be possible out there, but try to be as close as possible. So a lot of Mariner fans have read about you. They've heard about you. They haven't necessarily seen you pitch. If you had to describe yourself to someone who's not seen you pitch, how would you describe yourself as a pitcher? I think just aggressive pitcher on the mound, um, strike thrower. I I try to just get after the guys and um, make them swing it, make them beat me by swinging the bat. Four different pitches that I'm I'm confident in all of them, have a good feel for and feel like I can throw for strikes whenever I need them. Um, So I think just the steady mix helps me. 
It's a unique situation for the Mariners this year in terms of their pitching coach. Pete Woodworth was in the Texas League last year with the Travelers and had a chance to spend so much time with a lot of the young pitchers in the organization. And now he's up in Seattle each and every day. Uh, what is your relationship with Pete like? Yeah, well, he's a great guy. Uh, I mean, the results speak for themselves. If you see the numbers they put up last year and you talk to any player and they only have great things to say about him. Uh, I'm the same way. I came in late to the year, probably only a month or two left, but didn't skip a beat. It's like I was there all year. Very welcoming and uh, great with players, great at relating to them, and obviously just knows a ton about the game and can really help us pitching-wise. Marco Gonzalez has uh, twice been an opening day starter for the Mariners. Uh, he is once again anchoring this rotation for the ball club. I'm, I'm curious, in your time up in big league camp and, and around some of the guys in the big league clubhouse and out on the backfields, have you had a chance to spend much time with Marco and kind of tug on his ear a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I've gotten to talk to him here and there. And more than anything, I just like watching him. Um, he's really routine driven and great at what he does. Um, so I just want to learn and um, they've all been very welcoming, not really like the standoffish type where I thought I would just try to blend in in the corner and kind of watch these guys what they do. But no, they're very nice people, very welcoming. And I've gotten to talk to him a little bit and just see what he does between stars, what makes him what you see on TV. I'm going to go back to the beginning. When did you start pitching? Probably started focusing on it, like actually pitching my junior year of high school. Uh, before that, I was just position player. Now and again, I'd get on the mound just for an inning, but wasn't really a pitcher till my junior year. How much did your time at Stetson influence your pitching? I mean, how much difference did that make your time at Stetson? It was huge. Uh, we had a great pitching coach there, Coach Thurneau. Uh, kind of took me under his wing. And freshman year, really didn't know what I was doing still on the mound. Just kind of had a big arm, big guy on the mound. Um, and by the, my junior year, I feel like I could spin the ball. I could – Pitch, pitch backwards if I need to. Like, I had different ways to get people out. So, kind of turned from a thrower to a pitcher by the end of my career. Well, Logan, it's really interesting when you look at the Mariners' trajectory with the farm system and the prospects, and you are obviously one of the main pillars of that. Kyle Lewis, now up in the major leagues, former first-round draft pick, doing terrific things. Evan White, the Mariners believe a great deal in. They give him the extension you were with him for a time last year in, in the minors as well. Now he's up. And we see guys at the back of the rotation right now, like Dunn and Sheffield, who came over via trade. The Mariners have gone college starting pitcher in the first round three straight years, with you being the first of those three. From your view, as you've made your way quickly up through the minor leagues and you're taking a look at your teammates that are climbing their way through the organization, and some of them are in Seattle already, what is your view right now? of the Mariners organization from the bottom all the way up and, and how bright the future is for you guys? I'm excited about it. I think they've done a great job so far, obviously. I think some of the draft picks like George and Emerson and some, some of these guys after me, I mean, just spot on. They're really good people and really good pitchers, obviously. And then bringing in guys like Dunn, Sheffield, like bringing in the perfect people where we mesh together as a team, as, as friends and all that stuff. But in between the lines, like all these guys are really talented and we're just kind of feeding off each other, trying to grow and trying to learn from one another. So speaking of talent, you're facing some good hitters down there, obviously, in Tacoma. Who are some of the guys or, or the one guy you're just you're glad your teammates with because you're having a hard time getting them out? <laughs> Probably at the beginning, it was Donnie Walton. He was a tough at bat. He, he just sees the ball really well. Uh, of course, Jared's really good. That's always a fun bat. And I'm really excited for Julio to be back. I, I've always wanted to face Julio. And then 
of course, hurt his wrist and he's working back. But I think that's going to be really fun having him out there. All right, we want to wrap this up, Logan, with a couple of quick questions for you. First of all, I need to know, during this downtime, when you're not at the ballpark and you're not watching the Mariners on TV, what has been your latest Netflix binge? Oof. Netflix binge, let's see. Well, they've actually had a, a Showtime channel, or I think that's what it's called, but like a ton of movies on there. So I've been trying to just knock out movies that maybe I wanted to rewatch or haven't seen yet, but... Uh, I'm trying to think. I've, I just go through The Office all the time on Netflix. That's probably my go-to. I've seen it five times probably all the way through, but just can't get away from it. Which Office character do you most closely associate with? Oh, man. I'd like to say Jim, just kind of like standard guy. Probably the one that's not too weird on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think Creed's the funniest. I just die whenever Creed says something. Well, you know what they say. If if you don't know Michael Scott, you are Michael Scott. So I hopefully know. you know Michael Scott. <laughs> I can't think of one. That's <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's pretend it's the all-star break. So you don't have to suit up tomorrow. You don't have to go work out. You can take a couple of days off. Tell me what kind of a dinner you crush tonight because calories don't matter during the all-star break. Oh, man. I'd probably go for fried chicken. I love just like Southern comfort food. But if I had to go to like a nice place, I, I got to go to a really nice steakhouse. Um, you, you just can't beat it. I think that's one of my favorites. Hey, both of those are winners. Yeah. Okay, finally, Logan, what is your greatest non-baseball athletic accomplishment? Non-baseball. That's tough. I've, I've played mostly baseball my whole life. Um, I'm probably going to go go back to early childhood where it's not that impressive, but. Hey, Isaiah Campbell went to seventh grade, so we haven't had anybody pre-seventh grade, but you can break the mold. This is, this is so bad. I, I went to a Orlando Magic basketball camp once, and I think at the end I got the most improved camper. Because <laughs> that just means I was awful at the beginning, but. I just haven't played anything else. So that's sadly probably my most impressive thing. Like, were, were you really tall even as a kid? Yeah. So like yeah. they, they expected a lot of you probably. Yeah. And they didn't see it at first, but then at the end, maybe I got a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, it's great to catch up with you a little bit, man. Uh, we know you're working hard at Tacoma. We can't wait for whenever that day is that we see each and every day in Seattle, T-Mobile Park. But it's great to hang out with you some and learn a little bit more about what you're up to. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, guys. You know, Jared, you, you strike, I think, probably everybody, uh, even those who don't know you all that well quite yet, as somebody who really thrives on competition and real-life competition over the course of a full-length season. While you are competing right now, as you just referenced, it is a little bit different. I mean, what is it like for you to go essentially what will end up being a, a full year without just that hard-nosed competition for games or wins and losses count the stats count all of that and, and that feeling what, what's that like and what do you think that will be like when this is all over for you for me because I am a competitor and like you mentioned like I do I need to compete like I need to I need to beat someone in something that's just kind of how I'm wired and while when I'm here with the taxi squad now granted the games don't mean anything but there's a competition throughout like the hitters that we have here at the camp and so we have competitions that way. And then even though I'm not getting that full competition dose that I feel like I need, 
then I go and I go with my buddies on like the off days and stuff like the days that we don't have game and I play golf and I beat them in golf. So like I might not be getting, I might not be getting the amount of like competition like here at the field as much as I feel like I need, but then I back it up with playing golf in a round of 18 so that I can beat them not only at the baseball field, but then also on the course. Now, Jared, it's interesting. We, know all about you from a baseball perspective. Ever since the trade happened, every Mariners fan has gone to your baseball reference page, has kept up with it, has tried to learn about as much as they can about you as a ball player, and the excitement level is uh, pinging at a 10 out of 10 for whenever your day comes where you do lace them up inside T-Mobile Park. But we don't know much about you at all, Jared, as just a guy. Uh, Tell us what it was like uh, for you growing up. Tell us about your family and just kind of you as a dude. I'd say that I'm like the biggest thing that I always hear from people and I think is pretty true is I'm very intense. I'm black and white. I'm about as black and white as it gets. And I have, I have goals in my life that I want to achieve and there's nothing that's going to change me from doing them. So I, it's definitely been, um, it's definitely a a blessing and it can be a curse sometimes um, because I'm so laser focused on what I need to do and golf kind of like, that's why I like to golf is because it like, it helps me like, you know, get away from the field and stuff like that but I'm about as real as it gets. Like I'll, I'll tell you how it is and everyone uh, appreciates consistency. So whether in some baseball terms, if you're a consistent hitter, everyone loves that. Every team loves that. You can be consistent. If you are consistent, whether you're playing good or bad, your teammates are going to love that. If you every single day are consistent on how you approach your daily life, your family and your friends can appreciate that. So I think consistency is a huge part of life and just everything in general. And so like, I'm consistent, like I'll always tell you how it is and gotten into some fights about it before, but like, I just like, I'm super, super confident. I'm very driven. And um, I'm just a 21 year old kid, really. So with that level of intensity and obviously your, your passion and your desire to be great, how do you handle the inevitable failures that this game provides? For me, you got to look at it as when, when you fail, it's like a learning opportunity. So like, because if you were, if I were to hit a thousand in the big leagues, like I would love to hit a thousand, but like, what from that? I would like, you don't learn anything when you succeed. Like I've heard it multiple times from many different people that when you succeed and you're doing well, you don't think you just, it comes naturally. You just are doing, Whatever you're doing is working, so why would you think? And then when stuff starts going downhill, then all of a sudden you start thinking and trying to get yourself back to what got you there. And so, like, for me, it's learning how – and the more I mature, especially in this game and in my daily life, start to realize that when you fail, it's like a learning opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be frustrating. But when I strike out against somebody, you know, it's it's an opportunity that I get to learn about that pitcher – I get to learn about like myself in general and I get to learn about how my team is going to react to it too. So like there's, it's a full circle. Hey, since we're bringing up athletic accomplishments, Jared, you, you made some uh, viral video that took off uh, over the off season. You got to tell us the backstory of this uh, skeet shooting with a bat and tea and a Frisbee in this indoor complex. Like how did this even come about? How many times did it take for those who hadn't seen it? 
there was a, a blue frisbee that was thrown in this indoor complex, and you hit a ball off of a tee and plucked it out of midair. I mean, how did this go about? Yeah, that was insane. The way that it started is because I'm a big hunter. So, like, I was actually going fe- – that was the day before I left. And my dad was like, hey, like, let's go pheasant hunting on your last day. So I told my hitting coach who threw the Frisbee in that video, I said, hey, uh, I'm going pheasant hunting later. We got to hit early. He's like, that's fine. And so then we were just kind of talking about pheasant hunting when I was hitting. And he, in his head, was thinking of, like, you know, clay pigeons. And he's like, man, you know how sick it would be if you, I threw a Frisbee and you hit it? And I'm like, that's impossible. Because the Frisbee's moving – you have to hit the ball clean and guess where the Frisbee is going to be. You have to take your eye off the Frisbee. So I was like, all right, let's get, let's give it a try. Cause there was one sitting there. He takes it and he throws it. And the first try I missed it by like three feet. I was like, Oh, I was like, I think I got this. So then we tried, um, we tried like six more times and about six of those times I came close three. And then the other three, they weren't even in the same ballpark. And he's like, all right, like, let's, let's start hitting. I go, let's just try one more. And on the eighth try, I smoked it. Like, and I cracked the Frisbee. Like, I hit it hard. I would imagine you would have cracked it, if not, <laughs> if not hit it into, like, 100 pieces. Yeah. yeah. Eight tries, man. That's pretty solid. I mean, you got to feel good about eight tries. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I couldn't believe I did it, honestly. <laughs> That's a good thing you were filming. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in Tacoma, who have you faced that you're actually really happy your teammates with and don't have to face them in games? I'm 0 for 14 against Fletcher. Really? I, have, I don't have a hit off that guy. He's uh, so bad off today. Has, how often does he remind you of this? Oh, I remind myself. <laughs> if, I, if I get a hit or if I get I hit something hard, so like – I faced him a couple of days ago. He strikes me out. And I was like, I just don't know what it is. I can't hit this guy. So then I told this guy, I was like, let me skip you in line. Let me hit, let me, I got to hit, get a hit off this guy. Got to hit off the So I skipped him and I went and I hit a line drive to the left fielder. I was for an out. But like, it was probably like the happiest I'd ever been because I'd never hit anything off Fletch before. But you at least hit him hard. Yeah, I smoked it. All right. All right. Jared, man, this has been great visiting with you. Uh, we don't know the next time we'll exactly be talking to you, but it's great to learn a little bit more about you. And we appreciate you carving out some time. We know you got a busy schedule and everything, but we look forward to the next time the weekend actually, you know, talk in person. We appreciate it, man. Absolutely.